Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Hello and welcome to episode five of The Witch Next Door. We're calling this one Merry Meet, as in Merry Meet Your Podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> so you already know I'm Emily and I'm Veronica, but we thought you might like to know a little bit about our own roots and where we came from um, to be on the path that we're on spiritually now. So buckle up and get ready for a kind of bumpy ride because we've been down some paths. Mm-hmm. Different. Different paths. Veronica and I have very, very different, different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. For sure. So um, I'm always wide open to talk about myself and maybe that's just who I am and maybe it's my training as a therapist. I'm not really sure. As <laughs> I'm sitting here and my heart's beating and I'm like, I could probably talk for like a couple minutes <laughs> about myself <laughs> and talk about other things, but it's a little bit harder. So we're going to get a little vulnerable and uh, share our journeys with you. And maybe you'll relate and maybe you won't. And maybe you'll find pieces that resonate for you. Um, what the coolest thing to me is, is that we've both ended up here, as some of you have. And we all have very different journeys and paths that led us here. And I think that's the beautiful thing about just being human is that we all have these very different paths and sometimes they lead us to the same destination. So um, <laughs> I'm laughing because Veronica, she's sitting here nodding at me. Yeah. I have no comment about that. <laughs> it's my one word answer. <laughs> well, would you like to start? Sure. Um, so I, I'll just start with my spiritual background, um, being raised as a Christian scientist. I don't know if some of you may know what that is. It's not Scientology. Most people think, oh, Scientology. It's not Scientology. Um, Christian scientists, um, it was a religion that was founded by Mary Baker Eddy. And um, my mother and my stepfather were Christian scientists, and we went to church every week and Sunday school and my whole life. Um, I should say until I reached a being a teenager. So I was raised, um, with praying to God, um, for healing. So there, there are multiple times. Um, I, I had sickness, I had, um, injuries, um, and there was a lot of prayer involved. And they have um, practitioners, so someone they pay to come or to, you know, to pray for you. Um, so the one thing that I love about Christian scientists or Christian science was I really resonated with the prayer. Mm. And I resonated with, um, with the way they view, I guess they, they're all about love. And for me, like the foundation for everything should be love. Um, so there's a lot of wonderful things about Christian science. Um, but that was not the path for me. Um, when I hit teenagehood, 
I was not a rebellious teen, but um, I remember going into um, our Sunday school one Sunday and we were having a debate about um, lesbians and gays. And I have a family member who is a lesbian and was horrified to find out that she was being judged by this religion that I was a part of. Um, so I decided I wasn't going to go to Sunday school anymore. How old were you? 15. Okay. Yeah. And so my, I actually would, a couple of Sundays, I had to wait in the car the whole time. Oh, so um, you had to go. So I had to go, but I waited in the car and then I stopped going. And then my mom was like, okay, you could stay at home. Um, and part of her, I mean, she's a pretty, pretty loving person, a wonderful, loving person. Um, she understood. So I didn't really get a lot of flack from her, which was nice that I was like, no, I'm not doing that. So did um, she still believe in God at that point? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I always believed in a higher power. Mm -hmm. The word God, I don't know right now, the word God is kind of like, ooh, just because it's usually the big G and there's, you know, there there's can a lot be tied up with a it. lot. Yeah. yeah. Especially, you know, I could see how the, the structure of the church can be very suppressive. Mm -hmm. So, and that's kind of what I saw a lot of times was the people who went to church actually, um, didn't really follow what the teachings were. Ah, uh-huh. And, and that, I guess that was, that was something. So the wonderful thing, so I moved on from that, um, actually moved into my, with my sister. And um, from there, she actually exposed me to earth-based spirituality, um, which is, where I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Like something new, something different. I always knew that there was something more. I always felt like there was something more. I was raised with that belief. Mm -hmm. Um, and also as a teenager, my father passed, um, he died at a, of a heart attack when I was 16. So that was a really hard awakening and a, a real heads up that like, there's something else going on here that there's there's something else on the other side like and I had my first eye-opening experience of like okay what's it life to 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 live this life but know that there's something else mm -hmm. and to have really deep grief yeah well you were saying yeah. earlier that you feel like a lot of your spirituality has been born from your grief definitely yeah and I still feel like I'm closest to spirit a lot of the time when I'm in that state uh -huh. of deep grief or Absolutely. touching in my grief right now and in this moment or in the, you know, right now in my life, if I touch into my grief, I feel really close to spirit and knowing that um, there's something more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a very between worlds kind of energy to tap into that in a deep way. It is. Yeah. And, and for most people that believe that something else happens to you when you die, you're like, oh, okay, wow, that's where you're going. You know, mm -hmm. you're, it's almost like you're hovering between both sides, like living because you're not, you're not living in your, your regular state of being. 
when you're in deep grief. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we my older pause there. Yeah. We're like looking, we just looked at each other really meaningfully. Because <laughs> we Which, both know what it's like <laughs> to have some very deep grief, as most of you do. Um, and it just continued. It just, like, throughout my life, it just continued. My sister actually exposed me to... Um, to this path. Actually, she passed, um, about six years ago, um, of cancer at 39. So that was really, really hard. Um, and she was a huge influence in my life and definitely I, you know, yeah, I don't know what else to say about <laughs> that. Yeah. Well, I, I know, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I mean, I know your sister was a huge powerhouse of a human, mm-hmm. like in her body in this world and did some incredible stuff. Um, and anything she set her mind to, she was pretty fiery. Yes, she was. <laughs> but in death, you have talked about really feeling her presence and feeling her around your family and supporting, supporting you in so many ways. Um, even though she's no longer here. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's pretty incredible, our relationship, how it has continued after she has passed. And I feel like I've had her come into dreams. I feel her present. Like I can, I can feel her. I can see her. Like I have a very visual way of, of my brain works very visually and I can actually see her and, and on many, many occasions I can conjure her even like, Hey, like, and she'll just be right there. And whether, you know, you believe that to be true or not, I do. So it's pretty amazing to have that connection and to have that help mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, I feel like mainly my connection with spirit has been through, um, you know, through my loss. Right. Yeah. And yet, because I've known you for so long and I've practiced in circle with you, um, I've practiced in very small circle when it's been mm-hmm. like, I think we've done ritual, it's just the three. two of us and three of us, yeah. you know, um, up until a large group and even mm-hmm. holding down like a massive ritual for like 75 people. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that you are really tapped in in other ways. So although you might speak to the fact that you feel like your connection to spirituality has really been born maybe or is deepest in your grief. I've also seen you be able to tap into it in all these other ways when you're feeling really connected to the planet. Yes. And yourself and mm-hmm. to the other women that you're working with. Yeah. You know, I, I've seen you be able to really tap into energy and um, I don't want to project, you know, my story about what your story is. <laughs> By all means, me too. <laughs> yeah. But I think about the fact, like, I know that you came from a big family. Yes. And there is a lot of energy in your family. Mm -hmm. You've got some big personalities happening and there's a way that you can ride that energy wave. And I see you tap into that when you're doing ritual Mm. or magic. Um, Oh, cool. I like that. that, Well, you tap into the group energy, but then you also tap into the other energy. So I feel like partially because of your upbringing, you are, and who you are within that upbringing, you are able to really kind of read yeah. The energies of time and space around you. Well, I have, I have a kind of even keel way of living most of yeah, the time. You. Like pretty, <laughs> pretty even. I, I'm a Libra. If you, if you're into that, um, 
So I have this balance feeling. And so when I feel like something is too extreme, then I'll try to, you know, balance it out in a different way. Which is why it's a miracle we're friends. Because I am so extreme. (laughs) (laughs) So I balance that out. (laughs) There's that. Yeah. So so with a deep grief comes a great joy. Like I I laugh a lot. I'm like really super into humor. Like constantly feeding, you know, my, my laughter self, mm-hmm. um, all day long, really, I try to laugh at myself and the things that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so. Uh, you know, I think about like, mm-hmm. that's, what, that's another piece. Like you have this balance happening. Yeah. Like you can go to the depths, but you can also find the joy. And you told the story about being in, you know, your childhood, um, your childhood family, spiritual mm-hmm. practice and being part of that. Did you ever like tap into the other stuff where you like cast spells and make potions? Oh, <laughs> not really. I mean, when slumber parties, you know, um, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Did you believe it? I totally believed it. Okay. Like we had our fingers on my friend and I swear she levitated. I was like, <laughs> oh, she did. That was a le- <laughs> like we were, you know, or Bloody Mary, like staring into the the wind, you know, yeah. the yeah, lights yeah. are out. You stare and you have a candle and you swear you see her. Yes. Like I, sw- I, oh, I saw her. Um, and the Ouija board. But, the, you know, it, it kind of ended there. Like slumber parties, kind of fun, kitschy kind of. I never really, I pretty much like, ate what I was fed. So I was fed certain Christian beliefs and I, I took that. Um, and I didn't, wasn't really exposed a lot to other belief systems. Uh So the second I I got out of the house pretty young, um, I moved in with my older sister at, at 17. Um, so I kind of like the second I was out or even like towards teenagehood was like when I started opening up my mind um, to other belief systems. And when yeah. did you like start doing herbalism and really following that path? Cause that's been a core for you for a long time too. Yeah. I was probably 19. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, that's right part before of... I had my baby, which oh, at right. 21, <laughs> Wait, no, I got pregnant at 21 and had my baby at 23. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty crazy. It is. Well, you're married to your high school sweetheart, too. I am. <laughs> I'm married to my high school sweetheart. We just celebrated our 20th year of marriage. Very exciting. Um, yeah. Pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah. And he has his own, you know, we, we like, spiritually, I mean, I see, I see pretty incredible in a relationship. Like he is not like super, um, he doesn't get into the semantics of spirituality. He's very philosophical. Mm-hmm. So, um, and he de- definitely does have very deep spiritual beliefs so we can meet each other on that level, which is super cool. Yeah. That is really cool. I think. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Emily? Oh, boy. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. So um, my journey is a little bit more weird and windy, um, mostly because I have been interested in, 
I guess you could say my first interest in like the occult <laughs> mm-hmm. was when I was um, two and a half and had been watching, I was two and a half or three, and I'd been watching Casper the Friendly Ghost and I was pretty hooked on Casper and pretty certain that Casper was the real deal. And my parents, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, <laughs> My parents made me have to sleep in my bed by myself and I was pretty freaked out. And so I decided that Casper was living in my closet and he was totally going to help me. Um, And so my mom tells this story of me um, in my bed for the first time by myself, calling out Casper, Casper, the friendly ghost, come out of the closet. I need you. Oh, that's (laughs) so cute. But the thing is, is that as far back as I can remember, I've, always believed that in ghosts in fairies in mm-hmm. vampires in like all the things if i learned about them i believed it mm-hmm. um and i do i'll own it i have a super active imagination that's a true thing about me and and i think it's a gift in that it allows me to i believe see past maybe the mundane mm-hmm. um and have the ability to believe in all these things. So, you know, if you tell me that there's no Bigfoot, I'm probably going to argue with you about that. And <laughs> my six or seven year old self probably would have argued with you about that as well. Cause I really believed in the abominable snowman and <laughs> That's <laughs> That's awesome. I know, all these things. Wow. Right. So this was really the core, like the foundation of my spiritual journey was just believing that there was always something so much more than what was presented. And I did not grow up in a religious household. Um, we went to church briefly a couple times. Like there was a time period where I heard this piece of music by Amy Grant when I was like eight or nine. Oh, no, I think I was eight. And um, maybe nine. Anyway, she's a Christian songwriter, artist, beautiful voice. But she had this piece of music. um, The song was Sing Your Praise to the Lord. And there's this piano intro in it. And the piano intro just like took my breath away. And I like made up this whole dance routine to it. It It's very powerful. Um, (laughs) But like I decided that I loved God at that point. Mm -hmm. And so I told my mom, we need to read the Bible. I want to go to church. Like I want, she's like, all right, you want to go to church? Let's go to church. So we went cool. to church where I promptly got boyfriends, um, you know, priorities. <laughs> Very different than my church. Right? Just well, saying. I mean, we just, I, they were twins. Anyway. Wow. I was nine. So All right. <laughs> that, um, you know, if I look back at my journals from when I'm nine years old, I'm writing to God. I'm like, dear God, here's what happened today. Please forgive me for yelling at my sister and calling her the B word. (laughs) I mean, stuff like that. Um, So my relationship within my family to religion was my parents were like open. Like, you want to believe that? Believe that. You want to learn more? Mm -hmm. Let's learn more. You want to sit down and read the Bible with us on Sunday? All right, let's do it. Let's see what it says. Um, And my mom especially was really open to that. And she had been raised going to church. But it was more of, I think, just the community piece, mm-hmm. like being a part of a community. And that's yeah. a really powerful piece of any organized religion. Um, so she wanted that for us if we wanted it. But it was never really forced. Um, except for this one Mother's Day. But that's another story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
have to write that one down. Uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, what I kind of moved away from that uh, more organized Christianity piece shortly thereafter. I mean, I think that was relatively short-lived for me, even though I still have that Amy Grant album and I still love that song. Um, <laughs> it's powerful music, yeah. powerful piece of music. Um, but I did, I've always been really interested in learning things. And so every chance I got to learn more about different kinds of religion, when I meet people from different religions, I would ask them about that. And just, I got, I was really curious. I think it's mm -hmm. fascinating, all these different belief systems that are in the world. And so even when I was like in middle school, I was asking people questions about this. Um, it was also the time when I was like super extra into vampires and um, that continued for a long time. And ghosts. That and was before vampires were like supposed to be cool. Right. Well, there was the interview with a vampire. Oh, that's right. That, that yeah, was a good one. Yeah, yeah. That was a doos. Um, but... <laughs> I did start getting really into learning more about spirits and ghosts and, you know, what happens after we die and the different belief systems around that, but also just curiosity about, you know, the paranormal, I guess, mm -hmm. in general, um, all things paranormal. Anyway, I might've followed the wrong calling. <laughs> <laughs> I almost feel like that's a hook though you know what I'm saying like when you see a movie or you you see that glitz and glamour of that part and it kind of draws you in and then you go in deeper you know yeah I think I mean I think there's some truth in that yeah. I think for me a lot of it was reading and it was a lot of reading things like time life books mm -hmm. that talked about the unexplained um and some of it was more scientific I guess as much as my poor smaller brain could handle at that time <laughs> more science. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, that progressed into like divination, like how does divination work? And so I got my first deck of tarot cards, I think when I was 16, but before that I used playing cards. When I was 11, I started using playing cards and asking yes or no questions with them. Oh, cool. So, um, you know, if, if black turned up, it was no. And if red turned up, it was yes. And, I like created this whole, I'm pretty sure I created this, this whole mythical guy named Michael who, um, who I would communicate with this deck of cards with. It was, a, it was long going for several years. This happened. Um, and I would ask questions and he would give me answers. And it was all through this deck of cards. And I eventually like burned the corners to make them look oh, old cool. and right. It was, I was really cool then. Um, <laughs> but this was my, you know, kind of, introduction mm -hmm. to lead me on this path of curiosity that eventually led me to more earth-based spirituality because I was more open to all of those things. And because I did believe there was something more. Um, I remember reading the witch of Blackbird pond. Do you remember this? Uh, no, I can honestly not tell you what that book was about, except that I remember the feeling that it left me with. And I think the main character's name was Kit. If anybody out there knows this, you should tell me um, <laughs> or I should just look it up. But I remember being really affected by the word witch mm -hmm. and thinking, oh, this is like, this is kind of dark, but mysterious and magical and beautiful. Mm. Um, and then later, I, I mean, I guess it would be probably 
once I, I still did divination, I still was curious about all these things. I still was really interested in um, different religions. And then once I got into college, I started really diving in more. I took comparative religion classes, philosophy mm-hmm. classes, um, psychology classes, and just started learning more about the human brain and how it works and energy and connections and all of that. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, let me get back here, Uh, (laughs) get back to where we were going, which is spiritual beginnings. So in junior college, I met a woman who had a sister who was a witch. And she said to me, you have to meet my sister. And this was before I knew anything um, about any of this stuff. Um, at least around like Wicca or earth-based spirituality. I knew a lot about a lot of different religions, but I didn't really, I didn't really know this specific path or what that looked like. And she said, yeah, she's a witch and you guys have so much in common. And I think you think like her and you guys should meet. And I did meet her and she introduced me to the book drawing down the moon by Margot Adler, um, which was pretty influential for me at that time. She also gave me a painting of like these trees with this full moon in the forest that I still love. It's not really like the most amazing painting for other people, but for me, it like speaks to me. Mm. So I had that hanging for years. Um, And then moving onward, that was just sort of this background noise, right? I wasn't practicing anything per se, aside from like my usual tarot readings Uh, (laughs) as needed. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I ended up uh, meeting Veronica and knew that she was involved with a local community who was doing public ritual, um, the reclaiming community. And so I had to do a presentation for another comparative religion class because apparently I just can't get enough of that. And so (laughs) I had to go to some type of function and I asked Veronica about it and she invited me and it was Samhain. Yeah, Samhain ritual with... Starhawk. With Starhawk, yeah. yeah, Who wrote The Spiral Dance um, and a myriad of other books as well. She's she's quite quite prolific in her writing. But if you haven't read The Spiral Dance, you should read The Spiral Dance. It's a recommend. It's amazing. My first, that was my first spirituality book. Was it? That really opened just goddess spirituality and a a new way of of looking at Mm -hmm. spirituality. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fabulous book. Yeah. And every time anybody has come into our circle, that's always the book we recommend they read before they decide if they want to join us. Yeah, it's a foundation. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so that was, I went to the Samhain ritual. I had a really profound experience where during the trance part, I saw my dead aunt and had a conversation with her. And I left that night thinking, oh, my God, where has this been all my life? Like, mm-hmm. this is my path. This is my calling. Yep. And so I proceeded to buy every book I could. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't caught on, I have a book addiction. Um, <laughs> and read many of them and peruse some of them. Uh, and what I have learned, and this was, you know, 20 years ago, just about. So what I have learned during that time is that I am not Wiccan. I don't mm-hmm. follow the Wiccan path, um, but I have drawn pieces from that as well as other um, other studies that I've done around different, quote, witchy traditions 
earth-based traditions. Um, I've taken several shamanic workshops and so drawn also from some of those traditions. Um, for the pieces that really spoke to, like really stuck for me mm-hmm. around what I believe and what what resonates the most. Yeah, I, I, I shy away from labels yeah. most of the time. Um, so I definitely, I say that I, you know, celebrate earth-based yeah. spirituality. You know, I follow the seasons. Mm-hmm. I, um, I talk to the dead. <laughs> right. You know, I, um, make herbal concoctions, make herbal potions. concoctions. You know, I give back to the earth. I um, try to love everybody as much as I can. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that's that's pretty much what what I say about myself or how I would categorize myself without categorizing it. Yeah, absolutely. So all that being said, Veronica, do you consider yourself a witch? I do and I don't. <laughs> oh, do you get that balance? Yes. No. Not very clear. Um, I do because everything that I celebrate, you know, I feel like um, is in alignment with pretty much the Wiccan philosophy. But there is a, a lot... Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot that I'm missing or that I don't um, fully participate in mm-hmm. to call myself Wiccan. And I think I just also really shy from um, from labels, mm-hmm. particularly, and be like, I'm this, I'm that. Um, and I'm doing that even more so as I get older, trying oh, to shy away from labels and to keep myself more flexible and open-minded. Um What about you? I totally consider myself a witch. Um, But I also do not equate witch with the word Wiccan, like I don't, or with the Wiccan philosophy, spirituality. Um, For me, the word is so much more than that. And, you know, historically it's been around much longer than the Wiccan religion, which was really brought into being, I believe in the 1970s. Um, so at least in a formalized way, mm-hmm. it drew off of the quote old ways, right? And um, became more of this organized religion, essentially. So for me, the word witch is really about, I feel very empowered when I say that word. It feels like coming home to me. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a whole blog about this a while ago. So if you're if you're interested in hearing like the in-depth feelings of my word, witch, my, my feelings about the word, witch, uh, you can go to my website and check out my blog at wisewomanwitchery.com. But, you know, just kind of the short version of it is that to me, it feels ancient. It feels very, the word feels very connected to the earth. It feels mm-hmm. very connected to not only the earth, but other realms. And I feel like when I'm practicing my own spirituality, I am tapped into not just the planet, but the cosmos and possibly even, I mean, this is like super woo and out there, but like possibly even other dimensions. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like I am open as a conduit and that the word, which encompasses all of that while also encompassing, 
you know, herbalism and mm -hmm. um, living in sync with the seasons and all of those things. So yeah, I definitely consider myself a witch and I feel really proud to say that. Um, there was a time where I was more scared to say that, but I'm definitely feel more proud of it now. I do have to be somewhat careful because I, I work with people, right? And I, I'm super open to everybody's belief systems. And I feel very strongly that everybody gets to believe the thing they believe for them in whatever way it works. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so who am I to say that there isn't a God? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. I know what I believe, but I don't know if that's the truth with a capital T. So I have no right to say somebody else's belief system is, is not right. Um, but the word which can be frightening for other people. So I might be able to respect other people's beliefs, but I've seen even family members go, whoa, like, what do you mean you went to witch camp? I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to know about that. Uh, and then when they find out more about it, they're like, oh, that's not so freaky. I'm like, yeah, like. It isn't. I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, well, it might still be freaky because we all like held hands and sang songs and like, called in the water energy and, you know, <laughs> danced with spirits or whatever, or Some fairies. people might not believe that. Right. They might not believe it. And it might feel yeah. a little like freaky mm -hmm. to them. Um, but overall, it's really not as scary as, you know, the word witch is pretty loaded. But like I said at the beginning, I'm pretty fiery. <laughs> I'm pretty like, yes. And maybe, um, Maybe that's part of that, too, is that just sort of rebellious teenager in me that's like, yeah, I am a witch. That's who I am. Take it or leave it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think it's really interesting because we've been practicing in circle for so long. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about calling our circle a coven in multiple instances. And I often think of it in that way. But we've never, probably in the last eight years or so, really embraced that we haven't we really stuck with this is our women's circle our women's circle yeah. yeah so it's interesting just popped in my head oh. yeah I think there is a lot of um stigmatisms mm -hmm. and I think I still hold on to you know some of shying away from sharing mm -hmm. you know in public or in certain arenas you know work arenas you know a lot of people don't you know know that part of me um because Honestly, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to share that. I don't know if they would judge me. Right. I don't know if they, how open, you know, it is or how safe and it feels vulnerable to mm -hmm. share that. Um, but here I am sharing about it now. <laughs> Out in the wide world of the internet. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say something else and it, it kind of slipped my mind. Um, so we'll have to started to speak and then it left. Not the thing you want to do when you're on a podcast and have terrible editing skills. <laughs> so that's where we'll end it. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Yes. Thank you for tuning in. Um, and you know, if you have stories, I would love to hear them. You know, I love to hear from people. And so feel free to hop over to the, um, Wise Woman Witchery over on Instagram or Facebook. And you can message me privately or um, share a post in my Facebook group about kind of your own story about how you found your spirituality. You can also email me at uh, wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net. I think part of what is so healing about sharing stories is being witnessed in them. Mm -hmm. 
and understanding that we all, again, come circling full circle here. We all come from different backgrounds, but we all can, we can also end up at the same location from those different backgrounds. And there's a richness in that, um, that fuels relationships and community. So diversity, diversity. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us. Tune in next week. We're going to be talking about creating sacred space and how you do that and why you should do that or why you might want to do that. Take good care, wise women and men. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.